Blog Talk Radio. the country and around the world streaming live on the internet it's real estate coaching radio bringing you the latest news interviews and secrets of the top producers hosted by award-winning real estate coaches tim and julie harris welcome back to real estate coaching radio and we are your hosts tim and julie harris julie are you on i am indeed thank you Perfect. So as everyone knows by now, we're in the very beginning stages of what will be a 7 to 10 year real estate boom. We are going to say this until all of you believe it, but more importantly, we're going to say it until all of you start taking action so that you can actually make this the next 7 to 10 years the best 7 to 10 years of your lives, not just in your real estate business, but in your personal lives as well. So think big and act bigger. That's really going to be the theme of what all of our radio shows are going to be in the month of June. So let's have what Julie and I call a moment of truth. And, you know, this is something that all of you need to be really clear about. We don't have six months left this year to work, to earn money, to be of service to others. We have maybe 70 days. Want me to prove it to you? No problem. Start with December and work your way back. How many actual working weeks are there in December? For some of you, none. For others of you, maybe if you're lucky, a week and a half. I'm not saying you don't want to work. I'm not saying you won't be doing something that's work-related. But I'm saying for the most part, most buyers and sellers are going to be out of the market for the latter stages of December. Same goes with November. Same goes with October, around Halloween. And you keep on going back all the way until June. There's, of course, in June, kids getting out of school. That's happening this week. And then next month, in July, 4th of July, August, kids going back to school. And that usually rolls into September. There are natural, organic, totally predictable times of the year when the real estate markets slow down. You know what I'm talking about. You guys have all experienced these before, where you're going to be going to, from a state where you're getting lots and lots of showings on your, con, uh, on your listings to all of a sudden crickets. And you start calling into your showing coordinator saying, is anybody calling? You start then panicking and calling other agents and trying to find out if it's just you. You might even hop on the MLS to see if your listings are still on the MLS because the activity dropped off as fast as it did. Be prepared. Be prepared mentally. Be prepared psychologically. But most, important, and most importantly, be prepared financially. So today we're going to be talking about what it means to be a secret agent and why so many of you are walking around thinking you're James Bond, thinking that you're actually secret agents. And you know what, Julie? I know what you're thinking. I know you're thinking what I'm thinking, that we should tell our James Bond story. What do you think? <laughs> well, you have to tell it. I'm okay. Voice, All right. But yes. Julie doesn't like calling me telling the story, thought. but it's totally true. Okay, this happened a few years ago. Um, all right, I'm going to tell it from the very beginning because it's so good, I think. Well, we oh, like telling it. I don't, know if people like, I don't know if people like hearing it as much as we like telling no, it, no, but no, here it goes. That's right. All right, so um, Julie and I are flying out of LAX, uh, and we're going to Italy for close to a month. And we are flying, and we always fly first class. We always fly business class when we're flying international. So we were, uh, we, you know, we, we took a limo up to, not bragging, I'm just stating a fact. If it makes you uncomfortable, then maybe you should be thinking about what you can do to experience the same thing. Agent. That's right. Don't be a secret agent. See, I'm going to roll into today's topic. I'm going to motivate Related. you guys. That's mm-hmm. right. 
dum dum dum, secret mission number one. Convince them, trick them into no longer being secret agents. Right. So we're taking a limo up to LAX. We then check in. We're business class. We take the escalator. So, oh, I skipped a step. So we're standing in the security line for first class business class on our way to Virgin's first class lounge um, at LAX. Now, you guys know that LAX is famous for celebrity spotting. It is very normal when you are flying into or out of LAX. If you're flying from, say, New York to LA, you're going to be sharing the plane with some notable person of some variety, usually somebody taking the red eye home from New York if you're going back to LA uh, that was just on the talk shows or vice versa. So it's normal. But there are celebrities. There are famous people that mm-hmm. you guys, uh, you know, you, you might see somebody who you know from TV, and you might bat an eye at them and think, okay, well, that's, you know, that, that person's nice. It's nice to see them. I can, you know, maybe tweet it or whatever. But then there's those celebrities. There's those famous people, especially mm-hmm. if your name is Julie Harris, who will <laughs> absolutely, completely uh, blow you away. So we're standing in line at security at LAX, and I see this guy um, with a tweed cap on, with jeans on, you know, looking very nice. Zipping through the crowd. Now, so I don't know if you guys have ever checked in and gone through security at LAX, but there's a ton of people, uh, thousands and thousands of people. But I looked up from security. I looked right over, and I saw this guy darting through. He was going the opposite direction of the crowd, and I recognized him as dum, 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 James Bond. What's, his, what's his, the actor's name, Julie? Daniel Craig. Oh, I just wanted to make sure you were paying attention. Yeah. So I, I see there's – so there's Daniel Craig, the ultimate secret agent. And I make eye contact with him. He, and we, I, so then he looks away and he walks into some, you know, runs into some jewelry store. He's obviously looking for somebody. And then he darts his way back through the audience, or the audience, <laughs> through the crowd. And um, I lost track of him visually. So we finally make it through security. And going through security, knowing that Julie has a total star crush on Daniel Craig. I said, Julie, I just saw Daniel Craig. He just looked over at us. He then went up to secure. He, I bet you he's going to the same place that we're going. And she's like, Oh no, you're just making it up. You, 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 I don't believe you. You're, you just, you're you just do that my, sometimes. Sometimes, as often as possible. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <You know. laughs> it's, it's been the secret to our 23 year old, uh, 23 exactly. year marriage. All right, I had so, my travel uh, dress going. Yeah. That's right. When Julie's all stressed out, I like to add to it. It's fun. So mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Craig, uh, Julie Harris, will they meet? That's what we're going to talk about on tomorrow's radio show. No, I'm just kidding. So we take the escalator up to the Virgin First Class Lounge. And it is just like you imagine it to be times about 100. That's just the plain cold hard fact. The glass doors slide open. And two, uh, one French guy and one English guy. Um, and actually, you know, now that I think about it, it was, the, it was the Virgin Lounge. But I don't remember if those guys were Virgin employees or – I think they're – it doesn't matter. So they, He they was on Air New him. Zealand, not that I noticed, but – Go ahead. Right. Air sharing That's right. Flight 1952. <laughs> so um, we walk in. You have to kind of go through the security phase because they want to make sure that you're, you know, supposed to be there. So we, you know, give them our tickets and our IDs and all that. And I asked the French guy, not knowing he was French at the time, and if you guys have ever been to Europe, you know the thing between the English and the French. So I asked him, did James Bond just walk in here? Because I'm still trying to convince Julie that I just saw him. And the French guy's, oh, no, James Bond, what do you mean? And I said, you know, Daniel Craig, James Bond. He goes, oh, no, I did not see no oh, Daniel Craig. There was no Daniel Craig here. 
And and I'm thinking like, yeah, I bet you he's in here. You're just lying to me, Frenchie. So then we mm-hmm. so we check in, then we start walking back into the lounge area. And the lounge area in, in a first class lounge, especially one like that, you know, you've got food everywhere, you've got alcohol everywhere, there's like TVs everywhere, you can get a massage, you can get take a shower if you wanted to. There's private work areas. I mean, you know, it's just exactly like it's one of those things in life that you expect it to be a certain level, and then when you experience it, you go, okay, that's good. It didn't disappoint. So mm-hmm. out of the corner of our eyes, as we're walking back to uh, where we were going to sit, there he is, Daniel Craig. But Julie saw him before I did. So she goes, she, I don't remember the expletive that she used, but it's probably something along the lines of, oh, shit, there's James Bond. You were telling yep. the truth. So he's yeah, sitting off the He's he's sitting off in this cornered section, and he's sitting with this security guy that's probably like three times as big as him. At least we're assuming it is. I'm sure it was. Mm-hmm. And so then we walk back to where we're going to sit down, and Julie's just sitting there with this, you know, like she just saw a ghost look on her face. And then I gave her the ultimate dare, the double dog dare, that she goes she up to him and introduces herself to him. And so she did. And Julie, mm-hmm. this is where you pick up, and you have to use the accent. <laughs> I can't do the accent of a cold. <laughs> Basically, I well, at first I did my recon lap just to make sure it was him, and I and uh, assess the situation, much like you might do prior to a listing appointment. I'm trying to tie this in somehow. Anyway, that's good. So, uh, yeah, I figure out it's him. Figure that out. That's his uh, very ginormous bodyguard facing the rest of the lounge. So I have to go and, and around Julie, the corner. Julie. Julie's five five, a hundred and ten pounds, soaking wet. <laughs> yeah, and this guy's like ten times me. So, so I figure I can't do a direct approach. I have to go around the corner. And I'm trying to think what to say, and all I could come up with was, I kind of, he was hiding behind his newspaper. I tap him on the shoulder, and I, I was like, "Excuse me, Mr. Craig. I normally would never say anything, but you're one of the only actors that I follow, and I love your work, and blah blah blah." And he stood up, he shook my hand, he asked my name. It was. Just like my trip was made. That was it. I mean, so, we could have gone home from there, and I would have been fine. It was so the question in is, fact, that should have been the vacation. Just go up to the first-class lounge, and there's your vacay. So the question is, is did we get a picture? No, because she did would no. not allow me to go get a picture. Because I was afraid of the big security guy. But we should have done it, I admit, but we should have gone back know. and got a picture with him. But, you know, that would have been obviously Maybe a protocol time. in the lounge. Maybe well, there will be a next, next time. time. So our story is that we had martinis with James Bond as we were flying across the Atlantic to Europe. Well, but the reality of it is is that he may or may not have had a martini. We don't know because he was on a different flight. But if we we tell the story again, yeah, we got close. So now, how does that tie to today's topic, don't be a secret agent? Don't be a secret agent is something that all of you are guilty of. Every single one of you, no matter how successful you are, Act like you're James Bond. Act like you're a secret agent. So when we get back from this quick break, and Mr. Ventura, I'm cueing you to cue the commercial, we are going to talk about not being a secret agent. So get ready to take notes, get ready to open your mind, and get ready to at least allow a smidgen of new information in there so that you can then get the most out of this incredible real estate boom, all of which is still ahead of us. So stay focused, and when we come back, we're going to talk about not being a secret agent. Is coaching right for you? And how can I guarantee it will work for me? Chances are you are asking yourself those questions right now. 
I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where do they learn what they know? And more importantly, how do they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach, a proven, market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes, a coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best, not someone who is simply assigned to you or, even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone-cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so much. See you all soon. Okay, we're back. So here's what I wrote down. Why don't you ask for business? Why don't you constantly, with class, with poise, ask for business? Why don't you do it? When you were walking around today, at the park today, in line at Starbucks today, why don't you intentionally have conversations with people about the fact that you're a real estate agent? Here's a little secret for you. Everybody is in the real estate market. Everybody you ever run into is either a renter, wants to buy, wants to sell, wants to buy an investment property, wants to buy a second or third property. Every single person you'll ever come in contact with needs a place to live and always will need a place to live. They'll always need the services you provide forever and ever. Unlike, say, for example, somebody selling cars or somebody selling computers or somebody selling cell phones or somebody selling whatever, you're in the industry and selling a product that people always will need. I want you to think about that for a second. They won't always need a hamburger or a pizza. They won't always need a new refrigerator. They won't always need you know, scented candles, but they'll always need a place to live, always and forever. When you walk out your door, when you go to the grocery store today, 
everybody around you is a potential client. So the question I have for you is what's holding you back from allowing them to know that you're here to be of service to them? And you guys know this is true, that everybody is a real estate enthusiast. Everybody wants to talk about real estate. Everybody wants to talk about the hip and upcoming new development, what just sold for what price, what's moving here, blah, 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 right? It is impossible not to, over, not to find yourself in real estate conversations if you open the door for it. So, Julie, mm-hmm. when you ask one of your clients why it is that they don't feel comfortable yet asking for business, what are the typical answers that they'll, they'll give you? They don't want to be perceived as pushy. They don't want to be seen as too overly salesish. Some of them say they don't know what to say or how to ask. But I would say, by and large, they don't want to be seen as what they are, a salesperson. Okay, that is the bottom line. And that's what They're I They're weird about being too. in sales. They are weird about the fact that they are worried about how they're going to be perceived. So here's what we're going to do on today's radio show. We're, we're going to run long, Mr. Producer, so please be prepared for that. We are going to do our best to root out of all of you the idea that being a proactive agent, letting people know that you're here to be of service to them, helping them with their real estate needs, we're going to root out of you the fear that you have about asking for business. And I'm going to start with telling another story. Julie and I love our stories. Another true story. Here it goes. So Julie and I, as a lot of you guys knew, know, sold real estate for almost 10 years in central Ohio. We sold typically between 100 and 200 homes per year. So there was, uh, for the last, I think, four or five years of our career, we sold in an area called New Albany, Ohio, primarily. Why did we choose New Albany, Ohio? Because our average sale price was 225 And when you moved to New Albany, Ohio, uh, the average sale price was going to be 800000 850000 So we figured, you know what? If we can do That'll really do. well selling <laughs> meat and potato houses, why not go to an area where we're going to be able to make more money for the, you know, the same amount of effort, if not less? Hey, guess what? We are right. And all of you should be considering that as well. Choosing your market is important, especially at the very beginning stages of the real estate recovery. Choose a market that's healthy, that's vibrant, that's growing, and has a killer sale price. Why wouldn't you? Why would you want to be stuck in the you know, lower price ranges if you didn't have to? So choose your market wisely. On to our story. New Albany, Ohio. There was a country club. We belonged to the country club. Um, and every day, even though not always did we go to an office, sometimes we were just coming back from the country club, we would go to Starbucks. Almost every day, there was a line coming out of Starbucks. The manager of the Starbucks, her name was Tristan. Well, Tristan eventually bought a condo from us, so she was a real estate client of ours. But the one thing that she did for us, without us ever asking, by the way, is when there would be these ridiculous lines, and there is a ridiculous line at every Starbucks on the face of the earth at a certain time in the morning as people are going to work. It's part of their ritual to stand in line at Starbucks. Well, we would stand in that line as well for the purpose of, yes, getting coffee, but because Tristan would always shout out, no matter how long the line was, hey, Tim and Julie, how's the real estate market? She did that virtually every morning. What that would do is that would get us involved in conversations about real estate. And heck, yeah, we did real estate transactions that way. Of course we got to know folks that we wouldn't have otherwise known because we were stuck in the same line having conversations with folks about something that they wanted to talk about. Now, there was, I'm not going to mention the last name in a public format, but there was an insurance uh, guy who sold residential insurance who was almost always in the same line as us in the morning. 
And the, his father, matter of fact, sw- uh, did a, uh, what was it, Julie, a swimming thing that you would see mm-hmm. him virtually every morning, who was also an, in, an right. insurance salesman. Water aerobics. At, the, mm-hmm. at water aerobics. Like, Julie would go there at like 6 a.m. He would be there. A bunch of other people would be there. So let's just, they knew what we did. We knew what they did. They, his son would overhear us having real estate conversations every morning in line at Starbucks. You guys get the whole picture here, right? We were not being secret agents. So this insurance guy, and this is the reason I'm telling you the story is because I want you to realize that this is actually how people think when you don't ask them uh, if you don't offer to help them with their real estate needs or offer to be of service to someone that they know, love, and care about with their real estate needs. So the whole time, I always thought it was odd that he never actually solicited us for business. We would have happily sent him referrals. We were obviously working with a lot of sellers, obviously working with a lot of folks moving to the community, a lot of relocating people from out of state. An insurance agent would have been a great – now, we had other insurance agents that we sent business to, but nobody we were particularly loyal to. So he never asked us for business, not once. So for the first, say, year or two, we didn't really think anything of it. We just thought, well, that's odd. Maybe he's just too busy. He's just too busy. You know, more time passed, 24 months, maybe 36 months. And then we began to think, well, maybe he just doesn't do business with the type of folks we're selling houses to. In other words, pretty much any kind of folks <laughs> is who we were selling houses to. We were selling million-dollar houses. We were selling $400,000 houses. We were selling $250,000 houses. So eventually, in our minds, we thought, well, that can't be it either. And then I would say probably in the final year that we were living there, maybe 18 months, the thoughts began to wander to, yeah, he just must not like us. He's not asking he's us retired. for business. Well, okay, that was a, that was probably somewhere happened along. Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, maybe he's too busy. Maybe he's too lazy. You know, these are all the types of thoughts you had. When you see this person every morning, you're thinking with to yourself, him. yeah, something's wrong with him. He doesn't want to do business with us. And then the final stage of this internal conversation that was all ha- happening in our subconscious, we began to assume that he just didn't like us. So... The point is, we'd see this guy every single day. It was unnatural for him not to solicit us for business, and yet he didn't. And what did our subconscious minds do? It started to create a story around why he wasn't asking us for business. Literally, guys, I didn't figure this out until years later when I was on a coaching call with one of you guys, and I was having the same conversation, and then I remembered actually having those exact thoughts around this insurance guy, and then it occurred to me, that's how I explain to you guys how you are perceived when you don't ask for business. So here's the thought for you. When you don't offer to be of service to other folks, especially the folks that know you or sort of know you, like the people in the line at Starbucks, when you don't bring up real estate, now you, it, it's you talking about real estate. It's not you being a pushy salesperson. It's you talking about real estate. Julie, what does that mean? Well, so I always coach my agents to be you first, right? Be yourself under your personality, just as you would hanging out at Starbucks with a friend, but make sure you talk about real estate so people know what you do, okay? You don't have to say, you know, this is a business called you have two minutes for me. Who do you know who needs to buy or sell real estate? You don't have to do that. You just have to talk about real estate. You can talk about the great new construction home you just walked through. You can talk about how you just got out of a closing and, gosh, it went so smoothly. You're so happy for your clients in their new home. Just be you talking about real estate. Some of you guys make this so hard on yourselves. It's, it's actually way harder what you're doing than doing what we're recommending. And that's what you don't realize until you open your mouth and stop being a secret agent. 
Now, why didn't the insurance guy ask us for business? Because he was thinking, I don't want to seem desperate. I don't want to seem like a salesperson. You, don't, you wouldn't want to seem like you need business after all. That's right. But what did our subconscious minds create? What story did we create? All these bad things the about him. He must not need the business. He's too lazy. He doesn't like us. He doesn't like doing business with all these excuses that we created for him in our minds. Hello, students, and all of you are either currently students of ours or your future students. That is the story that all the folks that you know, sort of know and really know, are making up about you when you don't talk to them about real estate. I and Tim, it's, promise I would go you, one step further. I, I think it's worse if they have known that you're in real estate and you don't ask for business because then they don't ask you because they think maybe you're not in business and they don't want to bring it up. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to embarrass you into saying, well, I'm no longer in real estate. I failed out. So when you are in real estate and you don't tell them that you are in real estate and you don't bring it up in conversation and have natural organic conversations that talk about real estate, when you don't do that, People assign really bad characteristics to you. You are lazy. You are too busy and you don't give a crap about them. That you're arrogant. That you just don't like them. You can just think about this from your own perspective, guys. If you were in the line at that Starbucks and you had become one of the top agents in this community selling houses and you were moving you know, hundreds, however many millions of dollars to the houses we sold and the insurance guy never brought up the idea of you doing business with him, even though he was in direct contact with you on a regular basis, wouldn't you have come to the same conclusions that we did? It's strange, isn't it? That's what your centers of influence are thinking about you when you don't call them. That's what your friends and family are thinking about you when you don't call them. That's what these sort of strangers that you see on a regular basis at the dry cleaner, at the car wash, at the Starbucks, at the Whole Foods, at the fill-in-the-blank, is thinking about you when you don't bring up real estate. Now, you guys want practical, what-do-I-do-now type suggestions, and here we go. Number one, obviously, request a free coaching call, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and we'll cure you, or do our best anyway, of being a secret agent. Number two, you need to be comfortable with talking about what's going on in the market, and the best way to do that is know the market. Do a daily CMA or just at least know the new listings. Know what's sold. Know what the days in the market is. Know the basics of the health of the community so that when you do have a conversation with somebody, you don't have to wing it. Be prepared to have normal, organic conversations with folks. And a real basic suggestion, but it works, is following a speech pattern called Ford. Miss Julie, can you explain? Sure. Ford is not really a script, so to speak, but as you said, a speech pattern or a memory jogger. This is what helps you to build rapport and have something to talk about. stands for Family, Occupation, Recreation, Dreams. Ford, F-O-R-D, Family, Occupation, Recreation, Dreams. So you can start out the conversation talking about family. Everyone has a family. So, Tim, how long has your family lived here? How are the kids? If they don't have kids, how are the dogs? That's their, their you know, canine family. Everyone has a family, and they're going to ask you how your family is. The reason Ford works is because the next thing, oh, occupation, where do you work? Or if you know where they work, how are things over at ABC Corp? And then they're going to do the reciprocal question to you, how's real estate? Or if they don't know what you do, what do you do? Which opens the door for you to, guess what, talk about real estate. It makes it okay. I kind of call this reverse prospecting. 
That's right. Be careful that you don't get into a pattern of talking about yourself. The point of Ford or the point of any kind of communication is asking questions of the other people and listening to the answers. If you find yourself just standing you know, on pins and needles waiting for them to be finished talking so you can talk about yourself, you are going to be ineffective. No, you guys should get in the habit of not talking about yourselves by asking questions about them and showing genuine interest in them. That's how you make great long-term relationships with people. So another thing you can do, a basic idea, but this works, is wear some sort of branded something. You know, the old way of doing it, and it still works, is a name badge. God damn, I would never wear a name badge. You wouldn't badge. admit to that, would you? That's something, oh my God, I thought you were some kind of superstar coach. How dare you suggest I wear a name badge? Yes, wear a name badge. If you find yourself in a situation where you're wearing a name badge on your blazer or whatnot, and you're standing in line at Starbucks, I promise you people are going to bring up real estate with you. So if you're uncomfortable with having conversations, if you're initiating conversations, they'll initiate conversations with you. And remember, you're going to know the market because you'll have done you know, a quick CMA on the market every single morning so you can know the status of what's going on. Another idea is wear branded attire. For example, I was on a great coaching call with a, a superstar broker in Wasilla, Alaska. By the way, on the first call I had with her, I asked if she could really see Russia from her front porch, and she said no. Some of you guys will understand that joke. Others of you won't. That's okay. So I suggested that she gets three blazers. She always, you know, dresses professionally, and she gets three different jackets. She gets a, you know, heavy winter coat because she doesn't live in Alaska. She gets a medium weight coat, and then she gets some kind of uh, more formal, you know, sports coat type thing. And on every one of them, have embroidered her you know her company's name and i'll tell you her name her name was jules and i thought of a little slogan for her on our coaching call today just gas jules that's it mm, just like ask jules and the name of her real estate brokerage it's as simple as it is so she's going to be standing in line going to starbucks all the other places that she goes with a jacket on that says north star real estate just ask jules do you think that will be a conversation starter for her of Absolutely. course it will yeah mm-hmm. Guys, you are surrounded by opportunity. You are surrounded by folks that either want to buy a property, want to sell a property, want to buy a second property, a third property, want to sell a commercial property, want to do a real estate transaction. They're either either doing a real estate transaction, about to do a real estate transaction, or will do a real estate transaction if someone were to just suggest to them that now is a great time to be in the market. You are surrounded by opportunity. So for those of you who are buying buyer leads, what the hell are you doing? For those of you who think you have to go out there and spend a lot of money on branding and marketing and all this other stuff, why? A lot of you guys believe, actually believe, that you have to spend, you know, accumulatively our industry spends billions of dollars a year on marketing, on advertising, on direct mail, on postcards, and all the rest of it. Don't even consider any of that stuff until you feel 100% comfortable having conversations with people about real estate. This is so simple, and it's beautiful because as soon as you had, you're going to be in line at Starbucks. You're going to be wearing your jacket, your sport coat, and it's going to have your, bro- your logo on it, your name. And you're then going to be surprised how frequently people bring up real estate with you how they're just going to ask you about the real estate market. And if you see somebody reading your jacket or your blazer or your logo, you bring it up with them. 
guys, get in, the, get in the habit of having conversations. You're not Daniel Craig. You're not James Bond. You're not, you know, flying over the Atlantic Ocean drinking martinis. You're real estate agents, and you are in the perfect position to make a fortune if you just realize and accept the fact, embrace the fact that we're at the very beginning stages of this incredible 7- to 10-year real estate boom. As always, if there's anything we can do with you or do for you, what should you do? Request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So tomorrow, I forget what the topic is, but it's another fun topic loaded with great stories, hopefully. And if there's anything we can do in the meantime, guys, remember, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. We appreciate you listening. Do us a favor. Share the replays. Uh, I know a lot of you, most of you, listen to our radio show in replay. Send the replay. Email the replay. Post the replay. Tweet the replay. Help us get the word out so other agents can stop struggling. We pride ourselves in being an agent-centric coaching company. Allow us to help you make the most of this new real estate boom, and we'll talk with you tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.